This is the Truth Network. The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the Masculine Journey. We are very glad to have you with us today. This is August already, guys. Can you believe it? It's August. It is August. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know it's just been a melting summer. It's been hot. It seems like most of the summer than the last week or so. It was kind of a nice little break, but uh, at least where we live, it has been. But yeah, it's August already. Summer's almost most of the way over. It seems. You know what that means, don't you, Sam? What football, man? Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> the camps have all started, so I'm excited about that. And. and uh, Boy, that's that's hard to think that football's in the smaller story. It really is, but it is. Today we're going to continue talking about the larger story. We talked a little bit about it last week, kind of touched on the topic, and there's just so much to this topic. We're going to talk about it more today, and we may actually even talk more about it next week. We're going to see where God kind of leads us today. But I wanted to start out by asking Jim a question. You weren't here with us, Jim, last week. How would you describe the larger story to somebody? If if You've never heard anything like that, and you hear us just talking right now. What would the, you say? The first thing I always go to is, and I will say this in conversation, it's all about me as a joke, but sadly, that's where most of us live. It is all about me. And the larger story, while we're part of it and an important part to God, it isn't about us. Right. Right. And so if that's a smaller story— and the larger story is about God, how do we, quote-unquote, live in the larger story? The only way you can do that is listening to God. Right. Because he's the one that has the entire script for the story. And he will put us in the places we need to be at the time, and we have to be there to respond. Exactly. And, and everything you said is exactly right. The The thing that you're going to find is we all, we're going to do something a little different than what we originally planned I was going to ask some of the different guys who weren't here last week to explain what the larger story is and how it is to live in it. And even though we all walk together, we know the subject, we would all say it differently. Right, Robbie, how would you explain the larger story? Yeah, I love the way you know you start out the talk with most of us think that the story started you know in Genesis one, let there be light. But you know it, when you really look at John chapter one, you see a different story where in the beginning was you know the word and the word was god and the word was with god and 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 the way that we talk about that at boot camp is there's this fellowship and we weren't in that part of the story <laughs> you know this was before us there was a fellowship between the father and the son and the holy spirit and and i like to show the river runs through it movie clip to show those three men that were in this tremendous fellowship you know fishing together is kind of a picture of what that was and God wanted more. And so he began to paint a picture of, you know, this awesome angels, you know, armed to the teeth and, you know, this huge battle that looks like it's, you know, so you see this epic story begin to, to take place. And this is before Genesis 1. And, and, you know, that's Acts 1 and 2. And then the next thing you know, you, you're, you're here in Genesis and he makes this unbelievably beautiful wild earth. And 
you know, the earth is way wilder than we give it credit for unless you, you know, you get in the middle of a, a tsunami somewhere and you're floating down. You know? So, you know, all that stuff um, is, is a precursor to us even showing up in the scene. But then, you know, what is our role and what are we playing in this? Because it is playing out that we are going to get to be part of this fellowship, but it's, it's not about us, as Jim says. So, Andy, what about, with the way these guys explained it, what makes it hard to live in that larger story? So this is timely. I think I've heard this. We've all probably heard it. I saw it on Facebook this week, but it says, uh, you were born to do more than just go to work, pay bills, and die. Now, I'm with Robbie on the explanation of the larger story, and that's exactly it. And I got so much out of it when I actually did that talk at boot camp. But this here, I think, is what we deal with on a daily basis. We're constantly being pulled into that thing. Is that all life is? Is, you know, a mortgage payment, light payment, and, you know, then you die and that's it? And it's got to be so much more than that. And the devil loves to put us in that smaller story and make us think. And, and we lose hope during that time where we think well, this smaller story is all we got to live for. And that's where we we get into addictions. We get into all kinds of, of things that aren't good for our heart whenever we go there. Uh, very good, guys. I, I uh, was watching something that you won't, none of you would be surprised about. Peyton Manning has a new series on uh, – um, ESPN Plus, and it's about... I wonder how long it's going to take you to bring that up. The 100 years of football. But what was really cool about it, on the very first episode, you know, they were it was him and his dad, Archie, and they were kind of, you know, laughing, ton and cheek, kind of playing around. And Archie asked Peyton, you know, when are you going to get a job? He, said, <laughs> he goes, well, you know, I sell insurance. He said, oh, I'm not talking about on TV, you know. And he's like, well, I make good money. He said, it's not about the money, son. A man's got to have purpose. You know, and right there it reminded me, you know, even in this joking thing, there was a lot of truth in we're called to this larger story, which is really our purpose. Yes, we have to pay bills. Yes, we have to do all the things that we need to do to get through this life. You know, Paul had to be a tent maker, right? But then he went out and he lived in the larger story in other periods of his life. You know, and I don't know that it is possible to constantly be in the larger story, but it is definitely possible to be constantly in the smaller story. Hmm. Right, and lose sight of that. Jim, I wanted to go ahead and get to your clip, if you do want to set that up, because this is about smaller perspective and larger perspective. Now, this is Gandalf talking to, and I keep wanting to say from Frodo, with wrong, wrong, Bilbo. Bilbo, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I need more sleep. Uh, Bilbo is retiring, and he just added a big blowout party and he's planning he literally disappeared and then plans on leaving the shire and he wants to hold on to his precious the symbol really i mean it's a deeper than this but he wants to hold on to the past glory is the way i saw it and the way it hit me and we're not that's really staying in the smaller story because that makes it about us. And there are times in life where you have to let go and let someone else step up. And that's Frodo's place now. And that's at the beginning of this story. But it's the end of Bilbo's story. So we pick up, he's talking with Gandalf? Yes, Gandalf is trying to get the ring from him. Okay. To next well, that's the end of the clip. We'll come back to the beginning. <laughs> Why 
shouldn't I keep it? I think you should leave the ring behind, Uma. Is that so hard? Well, no. And yes. Now it comes to it. I don't feel like parting with it. It's mine. I found it. It came to me. There's no need to get angry. Well, if I'm angry, it's your fault. It's mine. My own. My precious. Precious? It's been called that before, but not by you. Oh, my business isn't of yours when I do with my own things. I think you've had that ring quite long enough. You want it for yourself? Rumor, Baggins! Do not take me for some conjurer of cheap tricks. I am not trying to rob you. Trying to help you. Oh. All your long years, we've been friends. Trust me, as you once did. Mm. Let it go. You're right, Gandalf. The ring must go to Frodo. It's late. The road is long. Yes, it is time. Bilbo, hmm? the ring is still in your pocket. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. I've thought up an ending for my book. And he lived happily ever after, to the end of his days. And I'm sure you will, my dear friend. Goodbye, Gandalf. Goodbye, dear Baba. That clip really, and I'm getting a little choked up now, when I heard it, that was God talking to me. I mean, again, not God and Gandalf are not the same character. But, no, got but, a long but the long yeah. <laughs> It looks like some of the uh, pictures you see of God, but it is really, it really was a powerful thing that there was, there was the... Fear, the fearful part, when which you didn't really, unless you saw the clip, wouldn't know. But when Gandalf gets scary on him, uh, Bilbo actually starts crying and comes over and hugs him. And if we have that healthy fear of God, it really does always end up with a hug. And the whole thing to me was, you know, I have my place. I've had parts of my story and I'm approaching retirement and this really hit home as a it's okay because the story continues and it, I don't have to be the central figure never was but that's always our desire and he's trying to hold on to that but he finally lets it go yeah and Gandalf loves him enough not to let him do it yeah right 
And even at the end, Bilbo's trying. Bilbo, yeah, Bilbo's trying to live in the smaller story, right? He lived happily ever after. It's still in your pocket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. lived happily ever after. Then Gandalf at the end's like, eh, until we see each other again, <laughs> you know. And it makes me think about you know as we're all getting older, you know, and we haven't had fun to make fun of Harold. We haven't had time to make fun of Harold, but now, and I'm sure Harold, if he was up at the mic, could attest to this. But I've seen it in my my family, in my mom. And stepdad's friends, that the the ones that really tried to stay in the smaller story when they retired, most of them didn't live a very long time. Yeah. Because it was such a small story that they didn't have anything to fight for. Right? And you see them, that's the ones you see a lot of times they retire and boom, they're gone. Not that long after that. Go to maskandrinyradio.org to register for the upcoming boot camp. We do a whole talk on the larger story, and it's really, really cool. We have a lot of other talks that we do as well. And what's really cool about the boot camp is God's there and does God does some amazing things with all of our hearts. So go register, maskandjourneyradio.org. Robbie Dilmore here, and you know, I've developed a real soft spot for my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've been waiting for the lowest price ever offered on my pillow, it's arrived with their patented interlock fill system, American made guaranteed not to go flat. And believe me, I've had mine for over five years now and it hasn't fully machine washable six day money back guarantee and a simple four question filling process right now. Get a two pack of my pillow premiums for only $69.99. That's right. Only $34.99 per pillow, which is the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. Dial 1-800-942-9613 or use the promo code GETTRUTH at MyPillow.com. You too could have a soft spot for MyPillow at only $34.99 a pillow. $69.98 for two. Call 800-942-9613 or go to MyPillow.com and don't forget, use that promo code GETTRUTH. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to facebook.com where you can click the donate button. Or you can go to masculinejourneyradio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to PO Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. What God does at Masculine Journey Radio Boot Camp. When I first got here, I was kind of closed off. Didn't really want to talk to anybody because I thought I was stupid. I didn't believe. I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like each person who spoke kind of chipped away at this feeling I was having and chipped away at this mask I was hiding behind. I've never heard anybody speak about God and Jesus and the way we're supposed to feel like you guys have this weekend. Coming November 7th through the 10th, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org and register today. Wow, Dennis, what an amazing bump in you picked there. That was great. Well, it's a Christian song, Francesca Battistelli, whose name I can finally say without stumbling over it. But what struck me about it is she said, write your story on my heart, which kind of gets at something I want to talk about with the clip that I have coming up. But uh, larger story, big time, is a matter of the heart. It is. And it's not our story. You know, it's God's story that he invites us to be a part of. Mm Mm-hmm which is really pretty cool. Why don't you go ahead and just tell us about your clip now? Well, 
I have been struggling with this all week after we had the show last week, and I thought, you know, I've been asking God, and I, I've been beating myself up about where I am in my life right now and just going through a lot of different things. So I'm sitting there the other night trying to figure out uh, what I was going to watch on TV, and I popped up. One of these services I use says, you want to continue watching the fifth quarter, which I had forgotten that I pulled it up months ago and started watching it. Now, the fifth quarter is very personal to us, some of us here in Winston-Salem, because it's about the Wake Forest football team in the 06 season. But there's a larger story in that, in that the guy that was the linebacker for that team, John Abati, his baby brother, 15-year-old Luke, was killed in an auto accident in February of that year. And what the movie goes through, and I think I used the trailer here so it kind of runs you through what's happening in the movie, is it really deals with how they, first of all, how they deal with his loss, the hearts that go out and all that, how the family deals with the state of grief, how a whole community and a whole football nation get involved in this fifth quarter thing and what happens with the football team that year and then what happens literally with Luke Abadi's heart when it is given to a woman who needed a heart, a young mother in upstate New York. Such a larger story came out of this death that probably most of the country knew nothing about. A kid died in a teenage auto accident. I love you. Wait, 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 wait. I can't understand you. What? what do, you say do you have a child? That's my son! Oh, my God! Is he okay? He's just not coming back. None of us work without you, buddy. We'll love you forever, little brother. You search for the answer. I want you to start practicing with the team. I don't know, coach. You need to go to therapy with her. I can't even take care of myself. And make the load lighter. Honey, please, no more tonight. No, all right, you don't understand. How could you? I don't understand. I mean, if God is so good, then how could he let such bad things happen to good people? Everything you do should be for you and for Luke. Follow away, follow away. You've got to start living for two, man. Three, two, one, now he's proud. For the entire history of mankind, everyone is born, everyone dies. You think we'd know how to handle it by now, but we don't. I want to wear Luke's number five, coach. They're honoring John's brother, Luke, calling the fourth quarter the fifth quarter. Say it's going to be our advantage. Touchdown, Wake Forest! You know, before the season, press picked us to finish last in our division. Oh, my God! Today at Alltel Stadium, the most unexpected conference championship game in the entire history of college football. You can't imagine what it means to me and my family to see everybody hold five fingers for Luke. can't watch this movie without crying like a baby every time i've seen it and uh i was one of those guys i think andy was too he was saying that uh held up my hand with five and someone explained to me before the first time i did that what was happening it was like the second or third game of that year he chose to wear his wear his little brother's number he was 40 and he wanted to get changed to five because that was luke's number and to see everyone at wake forest at that game holding up their hands with five and to see how 
John Abati, who was a great linebacker for Wake Forest, he became the spiritual, emotional leader of that team that year. And how all these people got drawn into it. One of those scenes you hear is when he was really struggling with it. He was at a he was at Mellow Mushroom down here on Fort Street in Winston Salem, and he was drinking heavily and was having problems with all this. But to see what really happened in the last scene of the movie was when this young lady and her little girl walk in to their house, and she has Luke's heart. So what struck me from all that was I thought it's a matter of the heart. We get so carried up. We saw this, Andy, and I saw this devotional this morning. I sent it out. Get, go to go to Ransom Heart and get the daily reading. It's worth it. Uh, he talks about how as we become Christians that we have this kind of head and heart. We have this love relationship that begins with God, but then it becomes methodical with so many of us. We read this chapter of the Bible this morning. We pray at a certain time. We do, and and we lose that. And then, if our heart is is getting arrows shot at it, then we do like I've done in my life, admittedly, where you start seeking other things, sexual fantasies, uh, alcohol, food, whatever it happens to be, to fill that void. It's a larger story. It's a love story that began with the three and one. And it continues on with us, and the Lord invites us to be part of that story. As a man, that's hard to grasp, I think, because we see that and we think, love story, romance, what does that mean? But I think that's what really God spoke to me about this week was it's a matter of your, he spoke to me directly, it's a matter of your heart. I really want your heart in this story. Mm-hmm. I couldn't uh, I couldn't even listen to the clip and not get teary-eyed. You know, my, my sons and I went to see that, thought it was a football movie. <laughs> so in the middle of the movie, you know, I, I start crying, and I'm like, I don't want my kids to see this. <laughs> and I look over, and they're both sniffling, you know. They're uh, they're crying, too. And it is a, a great movie and yeah. a great story of the larger perspective. We have a kind of unique opportunity. This week, we have two of the people that's just returning from trips. And I want to really want to talk about how this topic of the larger story, God impacted your heart on the trip that you just got back on. Andy, if you want to talk about your trip uh, to Normandy. Sure, sure. A little bit, and then we'll go to Robbie. Okay. Yeah, um, just real quick, I want to talk about this maybe in more depth in a future program, but really, it was really cool. My daughter needed to go to your, uh, to France. She wanted to pick up the language, so I went over there with her, and then she was going to the western side of France, which was really nice, because that's where Normandy's at. So we get there, I did a lot of prep and stuff, and just really... You know, the whole story, the Band of Brothers, the Saving Private Ryan, I boned up on those because I wanted to experience it. I wanted to understand it more at a deeper level when I got there. And, man, God met me. I mean, I felt like it was almost like a pilgrimage. I've heard John Eldridge talk about it. He did two podcasts on it years ago. But, you know, it, it just really let me see what the sacrifice. Harold was talking about it earlier. The sacrifices of those young men ran into what they ran into on D-Day and then subsequently all the way that it took to liberate France and all of Europe, it's just incredible. And they probably went into it not even thinking it was a larger story. They were just doing what they had to do. A lot of them were making decisions to be a paratrooper because they got paid more. But it ended up being that they set uh, Europe free, potentially the whole world free. That was a major thing. And I think John Eldridge talks about this a lot. It's probably the best thing we have in a modern day to give us a vision of the invasion of Jesus Christ coming to the earth and setting people free. So it was awesome. That is awesome. And we will talk about that on an upcoming show. Now, Robbie, you just got back from Jamaica on a mission trip. Right, which had to do with, you know, we helped the North Carolina Boys Academy often. 
uh, with our boot camps, they all come. And so that their graduation, a couple of gentlemen were going to this mission trip mm-hmm. in Dameka, um, Jamaica to the teen challenge farm that's over there. But, you know, I couldn't help but relate mm-hmm. to the you know, larger story because they've given the talk so many times. And we talk about when these you see these angels and all this weaponry on the scene, you know, that, you know, what kind of story have I fallen into? Mm-hmm. You know, well, when we pull into this compound, you know, with razor wire and a 20 foot, you know, wall and a, you know, pit bulls barking and, and these jail you know, cell type bars as I'm walking through, I'm thinking, uh, Robbie, what kind of story have I fallen into? Well, you know, that Friday night I found out what kind of story I'd fallen into is the, you know, the, for lack of a better word, voodoo was voodoo was music was put up on top of this mountain with these speakers bigger than anything I've ever seen in my life, and pumped down from four in the afternoon till at least three in the morning because that's when we left. So loud that it, you know, there was nobody. I promise you, within ten miles, that could possibly sleep. This stuff was being screamed, in, you know, into your ears. But I thought about D Day, and I I thought about you know kind of. You know, how do we get a light bright enough to come into this darkness? Because I spent some time with some people there at the Teen Challenge Farm, was able to give some talks like we give at a boot camp and hear some stories from young men. And, you know, what happens when there's so much prostitution that nobody knows who their father is and they don't know who their brother is and their uncle and they lose their identity of a father and all that kind of stuff. And the drug addiction and the alcohol that all has come from years of darkness and, you know, that Teen Challenge is over there. So, you know, I got a, an, a, a new, you know, idea of maybe, you know, what God is working on throughout the world, not just in my story here in North Carolina and the United States of America, but I got a worldly picture that I had not had any idea I had none, no idea of the darkness because I'm, I'm one of those people who gets up and prays and, and loves my prayer time. Anybody knows me knows I love it. I, I was trying to pray that morning. There was no way. I mean, I couldn't get through. I was like hitting the ceiling. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't coming. God had, you got to see the battle of spiritual warfare, but God also gave you a unique glimpse of love. Right. And how love conquers lots of things. Can you share with that quickly? Yeah, yeah, we went to an orphanage, which was sort of like a home for the unloved children that had been thrown into the streets because they had special needs. So in that culture, they thought that they were demon-possessed, and they had an evil spirit, so they needed to die. Well, because of that, you know, they've been left without any help to walk, and, and, and they're very malnutrition and deformity and suffering like maybe you've never seen, but this you know, Catholic group would come in there and, and in the, you know, speaking into these people's lives and a chance to, you know, clean them and feed them. And all the, the we, you know, we spent a day doing that. And to see the smile on some of those faces was something I got, you know, it's just something I'll remember for the rest of my life, really. Yeah. In the midst of a really, really dark place, love still makes all the difference. Oh, yeah. You know, which is which is living in that larger story. We're going to talk more about this next week as we come back. We're going to talk about how God will use other people to take you from the small story to the larger story, a little bit like Gandalf did with Bilbo, but some other examples and some of our stories where people have done that with us. Please go to masculinejourneyradio.org to register for the upcoming boot camp November 7th through 10th. 
Again, masculinejourney.org. Have a great week. <laughs>